There's a quote attributed to Thomas Jefferson that says, delay is preferable to error. Today, we're not going to talk about the mistakes you made, but maybe we're going to talk about something that you're not comfortable with, and that is waiting. Let's go. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Welcome back. I, I Here keep we are missing again. that. You need to practice. Uh, yeah. Hey, we did find some drumsticks when we were preparing yes. for this show. <laughs> Pastor McKellis, I, practice I, in the drums. I, I keep hey, jumping hello. the gun. Hello. Oh, oh, we got a phone call coming yep. in here. Yep. Producer Randy's you got guys, another phone call. You guys mind waiting for a minute here? Are you on hold? I, I've got to take this. <laughs> He's on the camera is what he is. <laughs> oh, man. Not yeah. again. Yeah. Not again. Yeah. And everybody thinks we pick on producer Randy. Hey, he starts telling me stuff like, "Oh, you know who came up to me today and said, I feel sorry for you, producer Randy. Thank you for all you do on the podcast. He doesn't tell us it was his mom. <laughs> Does he share his contact information to the audience so they can give him like comfort? I don't know. So we do need to let everybody know we love producer Randy. Unbelievable. Nobody like you. How about how about Pastor Wade Townley? Do you like uh, producer Randy? Is he? Is he? I love him. I'm, I'm giving him a I love you" sign right now. Oh, love you, brother Randy. Wow. Thank yeah. you, thank wow. you, thank you. I give him a hand, everyone. Yes. Yeah. Just well, so everybody knows, Randy does the script, so he's got all this stuff written in. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And we don't pre-read it. So no, like, no. It's whoa, like, oh no, here you we want go. Me again. To say this under uh, the bus. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love you guys. Well, there's no specific mention to producer Randy, but we do have a pretty decent review to read. Ah, you guys ready? Let's. Uh, we're ready. We'll make our host wait a minute. Our guest host, we're going to make him wait here. Okay. Yeah. We'll, can you wait, wait, Pastor Townley? Wait, I'm waiting. <laughs> waiting. Okay. Here we go. Okay. The truth shall make you free. This is a five star review. It says, "I'm not much of a podcast listener, but when my brother introduced me to Kingdom Speak, I quickly changed my tune." The quality of this podcast is unmatched by competitors, but more than anything, the content of the podcast is what matters most, blows others out of the water. It was Jesus that said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm truly blessed to be able to listen to this truth teaching podcast. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. From? Critcher. Brother. Brother Critcher. Critcher. Yeah, that's awesome, Thank you. man. Thank, Thank you. For you. The we appreciate that. We read We them. love them. We read them. That's right. And we appreciate them. That's awesome. So we're coming to you from the thawing tundra of Kingdom Speak Studio. Oh, yes. There's spring in the air. I don't there know if is. you guys can feel it. There is. All our Florida listeners, pray for us. Pray Snow for us. Pray for us. is turning to a translucent liquid. You don't see many pictures of the snowy landscape this time of year because it's not the greatest, you know. Yeah. Yep. So, so the snow, so the so the shopping carts are blooming now. <laughs> the ones that have been pushed up in the snowbank. Yes, they're right, and they're sure. emerging. <laughs> yeah, kind of the the caterpillar butterfly transition. Yeah, it's got to yes. get bad before it gets good. Yeah. Yes. Ugly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, we are 
delighted to have our dear friend, Pastor Townley, back with us. Amen. To do a guest episode in 2021. It's been a while since we've had him yeah. in the hot seat. He's kind of yeah. rode along with Bishop Odom, but yeah. we're going to put him in the spotlight today. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And it's going to be better. I've been, I've been waiting on that. You've been waiting. <laughs> See, here we go. You know, if you pray, the Lord gives you these opportunities. Well, and it's it's, it's going to be better. So now, I, I don't know how I don't know because he, he's already his evangelism episode. I think the second one is in our top ten mm-hmm. oh, wow. episodes that we've produced. So I don't know if he can get better than that, but he's a year older. Oh yeah, since no. um, he was here yeah. last. So so happy birthday! Let's see how it worked out for you. Uh-huh. It was a good birthday, cookies, chocolate chip cookies. It was delicious. Uh, I waited a year for that birthday to happen. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's typically how that yeah. works. You get you gave up on the candles, right? You're getting to that point where there's too many candles, or yes, we just did the four eight, and that took. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't afford that much cake. <laughs> Can't afford that much wax on my cake. That's the problem. <laughs> Yes, sir. How have things been, my friend? Things are well, and I uh, hope everybody's surviving all the COVID scenarios, but uh, we are. Things are going good, and uh, so I've looked forward to today and want to say thank you again for the invitation to uh, be a part of Kingdom Speak. I appreciate all that you've done. Uh, I tell you, quite often our young men come up and uh, one young man in particular, Brother Dan, he says, oh, he said, I just need, he said, I'm going to create what I call a Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Mace Face Ken. He said, every time I, I get to listen to the podcast, he said, I just, he said, I'm riding down the road crying. He says, it's like oh. I've been squirting in the face with a can of mace. And so uh, it's, uh, I appreciate you guys being so uh, faithful and consistent and again, like was read, the quality of the content is incredible. And thank you guys for allowing us to be a part of it with uh, Bishop Odom and different ones. So from my heart, I say thank you. And uh, looking forward to today uh, as far as it uh, relating to the subject at hand. I know we all are waiting for uh, this to pass, mm-hmm. and it will sure. pass. Sure. But I believe that at the end of this process, uh, the things that have matured and uh, when we, as you said, spring thaws out and we're able to see the results mm. of what has happened in the midst of this. Yeah. I believe that we're going to see a different church, a stronger church, a more vibrant church. Oh, I and I believe the return is going to be worth the waiting that we've invested in this process. You know, the word that you just used right there, process, um, waiting, mm-hmm. as, as we're going to be talking about that, seasons. We're time creatures, aren't we? We are. I had a dear friend made a statement. Uh, he and I were on the phone together the weekend, and uh, uh, he made an incredible statement. And he made the statement that time, the longest part of eternity is what time time 
That was my friend, Brother Daniel McKillop. Yeah. The longest part of this is the time element. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but I do You know, the, back, the background to that statement, um, Pastor Townley, is the, is the Bible says, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as one day. So I, I was asked not to get off in the weeds of of controversial doctrines, etc. But I was asked by a young man in my church who had just lost his mother to cancer. You know, what what's my mom doing right now? She was a faithful saint of God. And um you know, is she is she sitting under the tree of life, dangling her feet in the crystal stream? Is she what, what what's going on? And I used that scripture with him. I said, I I it's doubtful, just being honest, it's doubtful that she's strolling the streets of gold. But if a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day, then it's very likely that absent with the body, present with the Lord, she's asleep in Jesus. You know, she's been gone three years, that's three minutes. I haven't worked the math out, but you'll be there in the morning when she wakes up. It's, it's, a, it's, it's not nearly as long for her as it is for you. So the longest portion of eternity is time. That's the measurable part. Yeah, we're the and, ones that are being constrained right now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that portion, I've never looked at that from that vantage point, but a day with the Lord is, is a thousand years. What an incredible opportunity when we go in and spend a day in prayer, it's oh. worth a thousand years. Yeah. That is where it has to be. Not jumping in. This may be in your in your notes. You didn't send us the script. Mm. Brother Randy still has them prepared. Oh, he does. Oh, okay. Come on, producer Randy. Um, yeah. I'm following along over here. Okay. Um, but Joel prophesies of that. In the last day, saith God, I'll pour. But the setting of that outpouring of the spirit upon the last days is that there is a restoration of the years that the canker worm hath eaten and destroyed. That's a concept, man. You can, you can waste years and God can restore them. That's where the word renew, restore, revive, rebuild. And that's where you get people well, we've jumped off into it. That's where you get people who are backslidden, who come back to God and feel like, you know, this is going to take a, a 10 years to get back right. what I lost. When the reality is that's not what predicates the restoration. It's the hunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can short circuit the time process by blessed are they that hunger and thirst for they shall be Field. It has the ability, hunger has the ability to shorten the timetable, okay, of that that restoration, that renewal that you're talking about. Can God collapse timetables? He's the one that's in control of time. Well, he's eternal. (laughs) So, so that, that, uh, which brings me to that, uh, to that concept of, of walking with God is not a waste of time. But while we are walking, whoa, whoa, whoa. say that again. 
<laughs> as we're walking with God, mm. we are not wasting time. Wow. Because as we're walking with him, a couple of uh, examples here, uh, the children of Israel, uh, Abraham, uh, and we can unpack each of those. Uh, but as Abraham walked with the Lord, he had to walk out what he sought out. So he had been seeking, following God, the Lord asking to walk. He'd been walking with him 90 years, and the Lord still came to him and said, uh, walk with me. Mm. So here he's been walking 90 years. Here he is commanding him again to walk with him. And, of course, that whole process of get on the mountain, see it, visualize it. Then you have to go walk out what you saw. Mm -hmm. All right? So the possession of that. What is, but one of the most key points of his life is here he is walking up the mountain, going to worship, and on one side he's got sun, fire, wood, and sun is wondering where's the sacrifice, and he's walking up one side of the mountain. Yep. And when he gets to the top of the mountain, God had been working on the other side of the mountain. You're talking about collapsing timetables. Wow. Well, and, and, and that is the eternal and the timely intersecting with, with an accuracy that, that um, there's, there's, a, there's a succinct intersect between that ram coming up and him having that sun tied with the sword raised. While you're walking, God's working. Mm. If it if it wasn't so, then everything would be predicated on our ability and strictly on our investment. But the reality is everything that we do is based on our faith in what Christ has done. Does it produce an action? Yes. But the reality is yeah. there must always be the element of the supernatural timeless element in our timed moments. Children of Israel walked 40 uh, years coming out of Egypt. And you're talking frustration. Here they are. They had built houses for others. They had built cities for others. But yet at the end of the day, once they reach the promised land, the promise that God gave them is you walk with me, you follow me, I'll provide manna, I'll provide shoes, clothing. Miraculous things were happening in their daily walk. But one of the practical things, you're talking about collapsing timetables, restoring, renewing. Could you imagine the first time that that Hebrew walked up and took that bucket of water and dipped in that pitcher, mm -hmm. that dipper, and he took a drink of a well he didn't dig because God had a Egyptian 20, 40 years ago or a Canaanite digging a well. I don't know why I'm going to build this house here. I don't know why I'm choosing this color. I'm going to bring this furniture in. 
but it was because God had a Hebrew family that was going to be moving into that house. So can you imagine uh, wells that they didn't dig, cities they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, and yeah. houses full. Now, that's the key. Houses full that they didn't feel. God knows how to collapse timetables and feel houses. Not just give you a house, but he knows how to give you a full house if we'll walk with him. Wow. So a question that I would have would be this. Uh, whether whether I'm an Abraham, whether I'm a, a, a child of God, leader, uh, someone aspiring to ministry, someone that God has called, how do I stay motivated to climb that mountain without the vantage point that the ram's coming up the other side? And, and not just feel like, man, am I wasting time here? Like, Yeah. And, of course, the element is faith. The Bible talks about Abraham, uh, that he had the faith that if he had to slay his son, that God would raise his son up. And, hmm. and so the every element, uh, even in the New Testament, when chastening uh, the children of Israel, he would say, Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, that the word being preached wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the whole element, how come one person gets bitter and the next person uh, gets better? And they've been in church 30 years. They've heard the same preaching. They've heard the same promises. And uh, the new convert comes in. He's been in about three years, and all of a sudden, the ones that's been standing here 30 years hearing that there's going to be a new church building, there's going to be a revival, they can get bitter. They can, uh, this guy here, he's been in three years, and uh, man, he keeps the faith, and he sees it. Well, he's seen the he's seen the immediate return, but there's some people that had to walk through this thing for 10, 20, 30 years, and, and that's where element of faith must be. Uh, it's it's the element of of fully trusting that God is in control of that moment, and and that's where I would say that a man like Joseph. So could you imagine? Uh, so you're talking about a saint ministry, whatever it would be. Look at the life of Joseph, and his brothers sells him. His brothers reject him. Can you imagine? He's in the pit. He's jerked out of the pit. He's sold. He's lied on. He's he's abused. It's mm -hmm. and now he spends a total of thirteen years in the middle of a prison. It's hard for us to understand that in the midst of chaos and in the midst of confusion, that God is literally teaching us how to bring order and organization into our life. And Joseph could have looked at this and said, what a waste. Why am I learning another mm. language? Mm. Why am I learning? I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew. But you know what? He, he was investing. Every day that he walked with God, every day he continued, he never lost faith. When she tempted him the hardest, he looked at her and said, I cannot do this against my God. God was still the focus of everything that he did. And wow. at, the end, at the end of it, he was able to pull 
he was able to decipher. And all of it, all roads leads to evangelism. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, at the I end didn't the think day, I didn't think we could get through an episode without it. Here we go. <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, after he totals it all out, Genesis 50 and 20 says, but as for ye, you, ye thought evil against me, mm. but God meant it unto good mm. to bring it to pass that scripture. as it is this day to save much people mm-hmm. alive. Wow. Not realizing that your harvest and your revival is predicated on how you perceive your investment. Do you feel like you're wasting or do you feel like you're investing? If you have the element of faith, it's investing. You could have been like that little boy that had five loaves and two fishes. And one disciple says, what is this among so many? Or you could just say, wait a minute. Investment is not predicated on the giver. Investment is predicated on the company. The ROI is predicated on where you place the money, right. where you place Whose hands? the fishes. Right. And man, when the return, oh my, it's about many souls and much souls being saved. The beautiful part of it is that God wasn't just saving Joseph and his family. Oh, for sure. The whole, the whole Egyptian nation. Right. Right. So God's interesting in feeding the community, the city, the state. You just got to have faith that uh, this harvest is big enough to feed everybody. And and we won't, we won't <laughs> in a few years, you'll have almost, some have said nearly two to three million people coming out of this land because of a 13-year investment. Yeah, and, and and coming back to the timetable and the collapsing, um, those, those that have these, you know, I'm sure you've studied this, a few hundred go in, 70 mm. go in. Millions potentially come out. And the process of Egypt... And the affliction associated with the sojourning in a strange land, the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. So minus the affliction, it would have taken more time to get the same growth. <laughs> yes. They were speedily, I think is what the midwives said. Yeah. And they are lively. Okay, and so busy. they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 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 And that is exactly... What they said of those women that by the time they come to birth, we, we can't get there in time to intercept the the birthing process. It, it's it's I was reading that verse this morning. He giveth power to the faint. Mm. And them that have no might, he increases strength. So it's hard for us to comprehend the fullness of, hey, you have no strength, wait. And while you're, and it, while you're waiting, God's going to give you strength. Now, we understand that as rest in the context mm-hmm. of that. But, but the renewal 
it's like I need to do something to get something. Mm-hmm. That's yes. kind of the uh, yes. physical yes. mindset. Definitely. When he says, no, you need to wait. Now, that being said, waiting does not equate to, to idleness. So walking with God is not a waste. Neither is waiting on God a waste. So, not, so t- talk about that more because how, how do you keep that? Yeah, you know that that balance of oh, if I'm supposed to wait on the on on God, then man, I got me a lazy boy, and I'll be here when he needs me. Well, I think again, uh, had to go back to Joseph, whereas he could have looked at the prison as as just a, a terrible moment, but somewhere, the revelation that God is not just I'm not this prison is not just a prison, but somewhere it's preserving and protecting me. And it's preserving and protecting the will of God. And in this, I'm going to bring order to my world. I'm going to bring order to this chaos. It may look like everything's in chaos, but the reality of it is I'm going to, I'm going to work the best I can where I am. And so all the while waiting for that moment to come before Pharaoh, he was busy. So just because you're waiting doesn't mean that you're not occupying till he comes. I'm waiting on God. He says, watch and wait. We're waiting. We're praying. I'm waiting on the second return of Jesus Christ. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm not wasting. I'm not not wasting. It's, It's an investment. So 13 years of wasting are 13 years of investment, I would say that at the end of the day, it was definitely an investment. And that's, what's the difference between just living it or truly, truly investing it? And I I would say it's the perspective of faith and the element of there there is going to be an end to this. And Mm. so we can become bitter or we can start looking for the blessing. Mm. You know, it's easy to get frustrated when you're waiting. Don't even ask me how frustrated I get when I have to wait five minutes on my wife to get into the car. Well, then there's that. Well. God bless Sister Townley. (sighs) We have. Uh, Is she there? Could we bring her on and ask her how often she has to wait for you? (laughs) Exactly. Have you guys ever blew the horn waiting on someone? I'll tell you where it really gets me, yeah. And and it's because we're in Canada and we don't have very many of these, especially in Plaster Rock. Yeah. Drive-throughs at fast food restaurants. <laughs> You're gonna serve me food that's been sitting under a heat lamp for eight minutes, and it took me twelve minutes to get it. That's the reason why you need a Chick Fil A. Hey, I know that's oh, right. Oh man, and they get you out. Man, I'm tell- now you have to wait on Sundays. Now you can't get it on Sundays. Mm. Now that's a terrible. You're waiting thing. a while. That's right. Yeah, but wherever it is, waiting rooms at a hospital, um, it, it, it's wow. You know, it's even, even the birth of a child doesn't happen overnight. It's a waiting process. But when I get frustrated and I I hate waiting, I really do. Uh, I hate waiting on food in a restaurant. Matter of fact, I'm, I'd rather go home and eat a bologna sandwich than I had to wait the hour. I just don't like it. 
But here's the deal. I wonder how many times God calls for us to go pray or God is asking us to do something. And he ha- the God of the universe has to wait on us. And so I really try to turn that feeling, those three minutes, those five minutes of frustration, I really try to capture those moments yeah. and say, yeah. God, I don't want the God of the universe oh, waiting on me. You know, let me wait on him. But boy, the last thing I want is God calling me and him having to wait on me. I want to be quick to respond to whatever the call is, visit, call, pray. You know, it's a simple thing, but I don't want God waiting on me. My Lord, Hmm. Uh, you know, wait on him. We'd rather wait. Yeah. Because he, uh, he, he did do that, though, didn't he, at the well? Okay, so if, so if you want to go there, you know, we won't get much further than uh, John chapter 4. But nonetheless, uh, there's a lady there at the well, but most importantly, there was Jesus. He must need to go through, and he waited on her. But the reality was it had been some thousand-plus years waiting because he had said that he would visit his people. And yeah. He would, it was, it was that Joseph, that whose well it was, who said, exactly. Don't you leave my bones in Egypt because the Lord's going to visit. And when he does visit, I want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So there was more than a lady waiting on his visit. Uh, I mean, anyway, uh, so there was somebody waiting on his visit. Now he's waiting on her visit. And that's the beautiful part of it was that God has the oh, God's willing to wait on us until we can see it. And, you know, he's patient with us. He's long suffering toward us. Wow. My heart, my heart is, is, uh, is overwhelmed at how, how much God waits on us. That that's what, affects me affects me deeply that one of the psalmists would write what is man that you're mindful of him yeah that every morning uh, oh god every morning you you wait on him you visit him you you wait to see how he's going to respond to you every every man you you you're sitting there in that morning and you would visit with him Mm. What is man that you would wonder what his first words is going to be today? I wonder if he's going to acknowledge me today. Boy, that has just, it's just got me deeply that he would come daily. And he, he doesn't consider it a waste when he waits. No, no. Could you imagine his investment, of course, that's the ultimate investment at Calvary. If he would have looked around at his earthly ministry, total ministry, could you imagine if he would have evaluated his own self? Must Doesn't look too profitable today. No disciples all forsook him and fled. But I'm glad that uh, <laughs> there would be a burial. There would be definitely an investment 
and the return on that investment. Wow. Uh, 2,000 years later, we're still seeing that return. But I'm glad he could see beyond the initial investment. Because yeah. if he couldn't have, there's no way he would have went through the, the crucifixion, the suffering that he went through. It's just impossible. And, uh, you know, if we can learn to wait on God, he said, in your patience, Possess. your your very soul yep. is hinging on that. I wonder that that cult tied it two ways, how frustrated, impatient. You know, I've seen animals tied up and they're just pawing the ground. I don't know. Was that this type of a cult? Was was he? He's got two pathways. He could go either way. And how many times have we been faced with a dilemma of waiting when we see a path? I mean, obviously we could we could choose one or the other. And sure. I remember reading a book somewhere that said any decision's better than no decision. Well, that's one of the most foolish things I've ever heard in all my life. It's like the individual who was uh, who, who went into space. I forget his name now, but went into space, and it was his first spacewalk. And uh, when he entered into that spacewalk, uh, he wasn't in but just a few minutes, and his right eye he went blind. And uh, and he he thought we're going to have to cancel this walk and. And suddenly the second eye was blinded. And uh, he said, uh, he, they told him just to wait. <laughs> Don't do anything right now. He said, do you want to jerk your mask off? He said, he's blinded. He is absolutely blinded. And so here he is prepared a life for this moment and can't see anything. Finally, uh, it started clearing up because he waited. And so that he realized that the sweat and space, instead of the gravity pulling it, that the sweat had gone from one eye to the other eye and it had totally blinded him. And he said the one thing he learned out of that setting was that there's no situation so bad that you can't make it worse. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Again, how we started the show is so delay is like preferable to error. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're, you're no way would you want to jerk the mask off. I mean, you can't, you, you just got to wait. And, and uh, that's, I thought, boy, isn't that true? I've seen so many situations. You can make a quick rash decision. And can you imagine if that cult would have just pulled the pin bolted down what pathway he felt was right. But hundreds of years of prophecy was hinging on that one moment. Right, right. Hey, the, your king will come to you, meek and lowly, riding on the foal of an ass. Yeah. He could have gotten frustrated watching others ride into the sunset and do their thing. But at the end of the day, he had to wait until God's particular moment and that waiting i promise you was not a waste of time when the king took the reins 
that that kind of goes back to the discussion of a of a well a Moses, but even a uh, a Joseph. You know, could could it be the the Joseph that ran down the stairs if it was a two story house, and and said to his brethren, "I had a dream last night." Yay! Right. Mm-hmm. The Joseph complex is that the day after God gives you a dream, it's supposed to be a reality. Yikes. And so that Joseph, if God would have, there's no question that God gave him the, the dream. But if, if, if God would have allowed it to become a reality at that moment, what would he have expected out of his brethren? grovel right the attitude of joseph so when god gives a dream so often it takes the time element to purge out of us those i don't know if you want to call them attributes or not but that that would contaminate the purpose of the dream well you're exactly spot on uh, to to give you those two examples of what you're talking about. When Joseph, when the uh, closing chapter, when Jacob is giving the blessing, he says of Joseph, he said, now Joseph is a fruitful bough by a, re- by a well whose branches run over the wall. What an incredible moment. Joseph outgrew or grew out of right. what was a hindrance to him and overgrew the well, the wall, so to speak. But if you notice when uh, Jacob got to Simeon and Levi, he said, these are, these are instruments of cruelty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for them, he said in their self will, they dig down the wall. So if Joseph would have received that, perhaps this same element would have been in him. He had to, he had to grow over the wall, the resentment, the bitterness. Mm-hmm. But the brethren, when that, when a, when a, someone did them wrong, they went in, and you know the story, and they they tore down the wall. God give us the ability to grow out of our over our wall, rather than just tearing the wall down. Wow, wow! You, you, it takes time to grow. Um. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How, how does the relationship between present tense positions and future callings or positions, how, how can a young man, so let's, 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 take, let's take a young man that God has his hand on him, has given him a dream, he's a Joseph, and... I can speak from from personal experience. Um, I assisted my dad for years in the church that I'm now privileged to pastor. And I know what it's like to have those conversations with guys who were already pastoring. So it seems like their present position was superior to mine. Was David worth any more to Jesse? as a king than, than as a shepherd boy. 
I mean, his faithfulness after he was anointed to protect the flock was invaluable to Jesse at that at that season. So if we're not careful, we'll think, well, I'm just an assistant pastor or I'm just a youth leader or I'm just, you follow me? Because we compare where we're at with where we feel God's taking us. Or let's let's dial it farther. I'm just a saint, as if that's inferior to anything. That's incredible. Uh, I pondered some of this. I actually wrote wrote that down. Too too often we're so focused on the position. It was said of it was said of Saul that he was head and shoulders. He had, Saul had the head, Saul had the shoulders, but it was said of David that he had heart. Say that and again. So Saul had the shoulder. We were looking for that. Saul had the head and the shoulders. He was head and shoulders above them all. Yep. But it was David that it was said he had the heart after, after God. Wow. I don't want to just have the head and the shoulders. Well said. I want to have the heart. Well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was said of Saul, the Bible said, and immediately after he was only God changed his heart. You don't have to see, you don't hear that where God changed David's heart to become king. He was a king at heart before he was ever king at court. Mm. And and so if we're not careful, we'll be as the as the James and the John, so to speak, or the, the two brothers uh, that ask. One on one. Let me side. have the position, one on the right and one on the left. And it was it was it was Jesus's way of saying, you know what? That's not mine to give. And what about this? What can you drink the cup that I'm gonna drink of? And they said, Oh yeah. He said, You're exactly right. You will. You're going to grow into that position. That is not something that can be given. Mm. You grow into that, and you will, and and you'll drink this cup. And, but a man that never drinks the cup is never worthy of the right and is never worthy of the left. It's a growing process. So this is kind of what uh, struck me. And never let where you're preaching be more important than what you're preaching. Whoa. Bible bomb. Whoa. So they're saying, give me the right and give me the left. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, what if I just give you the message? God. Mm-hmm. Well, that takes and, care of pursuing a stage, doesn't it? Man, you're going to preach the message of the cross and you're worrying about the position? You're going to preach a message of brokenness and you're worrying about what your title is? Wow. You're, you, 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 are you willing to be numbered with the transgressors? Wow. Do you realize that if there was a photograph, we'd have Jesus with the number on his chest and we'd get a side profile, and we'd get a forward profile, and there would be a number 
with the transgressors. And that's, and you're, and we want a position. We want a title. We want a place, man. I don't, I pray God that what the message that I'm preaching, let it be more important than where I'm called to preach or where I get the, the, the potential of preaching in a particular pulpit, man, the message you preach of death, burial, and resurrection is the most valuable thing that you will ever have in life. It's not where you preach. God, give us some of the same boldness of a Jeremiah that would preach it in the dungeon. God, give us the same boldness of an Ezekiel that would preach it by the river of Kabar. Give us the same boldness of a Daniel that could preach it in palace courts. It don't matter where we are. We're all going to face lions. We're all going to face bitterness. We're all going to face rejection. I don't care Mm. if you're in the palace. I don't care if you're in the lion's den. I don't care if you're back in Israel. I don't care if you stay home. I don't care if you're in slavery. Your ministry is not predicated on where you are. You all going to have to fight the devil. Wow. Even Jesus preached, regardless of what you think it is, and that's a discussion for another day, but even he preached to the spirits in prison. (laughs) Wherever, man. It's about the message. It it really... Wow. And so you can't just get so caught up in the prison moment. You can't get so caught up in the... uh, in the in the disappointments, uh, somewhere you got to realize the message that God's bringing you to, and His purpose and His destiny in your life. You know, and and <laughs> when you start doing the will of God, it's so it's so crazy. You're going to hear people mock you, ridicule you, laugh at you because of of, of your quote wasting or waiting to them. It's wasting. And here you are knowing that you're investing your life. What do you mean? You're going to go waste your life as a foreign missionary somewhere. You're going to go waste your life. You got the ability to run this corporation. You got the ability to to do this, do that. And the list goes on. But all of a sudden God calls you to a mission field. God calls you to evangelism and you sell out and you give out and you buy into this vision and you I'm going to do the work of God and your parents laugh at you and ridicule you because here you are investing. You're not wasting your education. You're not, you know, Oh God, I think of two precious people right now. I mean, went in, got, their bachelor's, got their master's. I mean, they're incredible at the top of their field. FBI was uh, pursuing one of them. They, I mean, finances wasn't an issue. Tenured in their college and the list goes on. And uh, 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 God bless Brother uh, Reeves and, and Sister Reeves in particular right now. Incredible and I watched people. that when they got to the top, uh, the echelon of their education and the top of their life, and all of a sudden they just turn and walk away. You think that's a waste? That's not a waste no, of time. Isn't. I think of that little lady that came into that room where Jesus was sitting and the disciples were wasting their time and they could have been worshiping. And that little lady breaks her alabaster box, pours oh, yeah. it on his feet. And what do they say? They say, what, what a waste. This great waste. Man, I want to tell you, when people look at your worship as waste, don't you worry about it. Absolutely. When, when, when they look at your worship as who do you think you are, and mm. then they got to, because they're embarrassed because of their lack of commitment and their lack of investment mm-hmm. and their lack of sacrificing, what are they going to say to you? They're going to say, if you if you knew what this woman was, you wouldn't put up with this. Well, I'm going to tell you what, he knew what, he knows what we are. He still loves us. He's still worth worshiping. And, and, 
at the end of the day, he said, you know what? Uh, you think this is a waste, but do you realize that there are some memorials that will absolutely be pillars to the truth and to mm. the gospel? Mm. And this that she had done will go forth. I just believe that there's young people right now, and I believe that there's men and women that have that they're going to invest their lives, not wasting. Well, I want to tell somebody, you're not wasting your life. When you give it oh, to God, holy yeah. and holy, man, what a memorial. What a memorial. Oh. And, and this is what he said. This she had done for my body. Well, I love it. It hurts. Life hurts. Um, man, I'm going to tell you. There's situations I look back over, and I, my wife and I, we lost a baby, a friend of mine. We lost, a, not to get too emotional on that, but there was a process of time, years of, 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 of just intense process. And I know it was all preparing for the ministry, for the end result. Sure, for sure. Jesus says of this lady, this she hath done for my body, for my burial. This is what I love and what I appreciate is God never sees the brokenness of our life as a waste. He says that if <laughs> I don't care what it is in your life that's causing you to weep, causing you to cry, causing you to stay awake at night, the trauma you go through in life, the situations you're going through that makes you weep, makes you cry. He says, it's going to be poured out on my body. And he never sees it as a waste. It's an anointing. Don't begrudge. Don't feel like it's a waste. Don't feel like that it's a waste of time. Don't feel like it's a waste of energy. If it's anointing the body, what a memorial. Wow. Wow. At that point, the critics may be able, they may be able to identify the cost, but they've completely missed the value of that. And so everybody that speaks to that young person Everyone that looks at a brother Reeves and sister Reeves leaving the apex of their career, investing their life in missions. Everyone that looks at a brother Damon McKillop that sells yeah. their beautiful home, yes. leaves a church, stability, success, and moves to a foreign field. They, they can tell you how much it costs, but they yeah. can't tell you what it was worth. The individual knows the value, though. Oh, mm -hmm. that's why they went. They said, this is expensive. Yeah. Sell this and give it to the poor. No, no, you have no concern about the poor, or you'd sell what you got and you'd give it to the poor. Exactly. You, you don't care about the poor. Yeah. You Quite obviously rock. didn't. Look what Judas did with the, with the silver that he got a few days later. Man, the... 
but but you know what? He traded morals and he traded values mm. for priceless tinkles of a of a uh, a betrayal in his pocket. And boy, he wound up throwing it at the foot of those priests. I'm gonna tell you, man, when sin gets through with you, it'll say, "What's that to us?" And boy, you can see that in the life of individuals, you know, throwing it at the foot of priest and and sin screaming back, what's that to us? We could care less. We got what we want. Our man, could you imagine the man Christ Jesus looking at your life and saying, this is a memorial. And this, a re- this is a direct reflection of how much you value me, how much you value my relationship with you. Brother, I'm going to tell you, I, I'd rather pour it out on the Lord than I had throw it back at the feet of something that I was bitter over. Man, that's, you got so many parents bitter over their life because they didn't invest it. They wasted it. And man, I want to tell you, boy, I feel so strong. God's raising up a generation of young people who are going to be willing to pour their lives out. Absolutely. Dedicate their life. And in the end, it's going to be a living monument to how much they love God. And they won't have to die in bitterness as forefathers have. They won't have to wander in the wilderness and let their bones die and let their bones waste out in the wilderness. No, they're going to walk into promised lands and possess wells that they didn't dig. And they're going to be able to inhabit homes that they didn't build. So is it a waste? Or is it as an investment? And it really comes back to how you how you view it. And uh, now just because you're waiting, I want to say that don't mean that you're idle. Don't be an idle young person. Don't be an idle ministry. Don't 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 say, well, you know what? It's just not my time yet. And when my time comes, then I'll invest my yep. energies, my time, yep. my talent, my treasures. When it's my time. No, 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 no. If you won't invest your time, your talent, and your treasure now, you won't ever invest it. Right. And don't, at that point, time is against you. Oh, it's, like it's like with any investment, that's like starting your investment portfolio at 60 years of age. Brother, compounding interest, though, right. is... What Time is that. on your side. Well, that the marvel of the, of the world is compounding. You let God give it early, give it young, give it your best. From yeah. teenagers, man, that's why those that are listening to us right now, I don't care if you're 13 years of age, invest, man. Oh, my God, have mercy. You know that you think about idleness, uh, again, leading us back to evangelism. You think about the idleness of the individual who was uh, standing idle in the market. Interestingly enough, Ephesians chapter 5 starts off with walk in love, and later on it starts talking about walk in light. So it's how you walk is important. But third, one of the Third elements in that, it says redeeming the time. So don't walk in darkness because the days are evil. You got to redeem the time. So walking in light and love, walking in light, redeeming the time. That redemption there actually is in uh, talking about a man going to the town square or to the uh, city square and purchasing it back. So he's saying, hey, guys, purchase back. 
purchase, go, go, go to a public setting, purchase it back, such as the gentleman who went and found uh, the harvesters idle at the town square, idle. Now, you can be busy doing the business of the father, or you can be idle. And he would walk out and say, what are you doing? And they, well, I'm, I'm, and he said, you're idle. Get to the field. I mm. think it's interesting that there was never a time that when he came that he didn't have a place to send someone. God's uh, got a place for you in mind. It well, may be right where you are. You, I, I saw a, a sign on a 18-wheeler the other day uh, here, of all things, in Maine, and the North Carolina uh, plates, and it said, and I liked it, and I want to capture it. It says, you don't have to go far to go far, meaning that you could stay right there inside of that North Carolina area mm-hmm. and could really make an impact right where That's you good. are. You know, That's good. Too often we think that we've got to go far. Maybe God will call you as a brother Damon McKillop to a mission field. Right. God, God right. bless those men. But to put it in the heart of every person that somehow distance equates to a greater opportunity um, or you know, effectiveness. Go, go to the field and, uh, this is the part that gets me on that. Don't be idle. When it comes to reaping, God never asks or requires you to reap that which is not yet ready. He said, while you've been walking, I've been preparing. While you've been walking, I've been planting. And I never require you to harvest that which is not ready. Mm. I sent you to reap where you bestowed no labor. Now, how did that happen if he didn't labor, if he wasn't the one that did it for us? Yeah. So while we were walking, while we were waiting, he was preparing. Look upon the fields, for they are white. Already. Already, that's the reason why you can't overemphasize the importance of that morning prayer. Lord, lead me where you're already working. Lead me to who's hungry. Lead me to that which is ready so I don't have to create the readiness Mm. that I can truly be a harvester. And so the mindset can truly be sickle rather than just plow. There will be a plow, but remember, he's doing the planting. He's doing the sowing. He's doing the watering. He has sent you to reap, and he has sent you to harvest, where you bestowed no labor. You're talking about collapsing timetables when he sends you to a harvest field ready. Wow. You well, you 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 gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta do the all the investment. Well, if you go back to Ruth, man, I, when you go back to Ruth and you see that she walked into the field, and when she got into the field, I was looking at it just a moment ago. Ruth chapter number two, verse three, 
And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging to Boaz. And she gleaned among after the reapers. Now, you can spend the rest of your life just following, uh, and I'm, I'm speaking in terms of, uh, of, of whether saint, pastor, or not, just reaping after others. That was a relationship. But Boaz said, you stay in this field. There was a waiting process. She had every right to go reap in any field, but she stayed. And uh, the next portion, 315, says that let her glean among the sheaves, verse number three, uh, or the third point, 16, says uh, let fall some handfuls on purpose. So the process was gleaning after reapers, uh, gleaning among the sheaves, and third, leave handfuls on purpose. Mm. But in that relationship of being faithful, it was that fourth dimension was she lay down at his feet and he realized she was there. And he said to her, sit here, wait here till morning. Yes. And when she waited, the next morning, he says, bring the covering or the veil that is upon you. And he measured. It, it became a dynamic harvest. It wasn't just gleaning after somebody else. It wasn't just handfuls on purpose. It wasn't just among the sheaves. But, brother, this was something straight out of out of the basket of the harvester. And he said, let it not be said that you go empty. <laughs> Man, I want to tell you, when you when you can get close enough to God that your plight becomes his purpose. Wow. Man, he said, look, you can't, you can't go away empty. That's a reflection on me. Right. Now you come here. Exactly. And in that relationship. And then, well, I like this part. After he gave her huge harvest, she goes into mother-in-law. Mother-in-law's looking at it. And he says, wow, what happened? He said, here's the process. Mother then said to her, sit here. Mm-hmm. Gets to mother, mother-in-law says, sit here. Because this man won't stop until he has finished this thing. And that's what I would say to this generation. Keep harvesting. Sometimes you got to wait right here. You got to stay close to him. And then you just wait. He's coming back. He's going to give you harvest and he's coming back. It's been a joy, my friends. I sure love y'all. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So good. This has not been a waste. Oh, sir. That's right. This has not been a waste.